For people who are understanding Bitcoin on a deep level, there's a real physical component to Bitcoin that needs to exist. And it needs to obey the laws of physics in order for it to be a money that actually works. Hey, everybody, this is the High Hash Rate Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. And this podcast is just two plebs getting high and talking about Bitcoin, life, and the absurdity of the fiat world. Our guests don't necessarily get high with us, and you don't have to either. But it helps. I suppose you'll tell us if there's something off. Crossing any boundaries. Okay, okay. It it happens that I cross boundaries sometimes. But I wanted to talk, talk about this tonight with... John Cheneau, he's on, Mr. John Cheneau, the one and only. And the subject I want to talk about with, before the introduction part was the sending a package or sending a letter being a kind of a, a, a much better gift. It feels like more of a gift these days. Right. To receive. Anyway, that yeah, being said, I do know, want to I'm get on that I'm very appreciative subject. of Dan's gift to me. Was, what did uh, Dan give you? What did Dan give you? He gave me my shorts back. So, you know, yeah. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, Dan. I want to say that publicly for all to hear. Yeah, I, I mean, I just wanted to keep them. Is all that's that's the point I was making before we started recording. Is that I found some shorts and I didn't want to give them back, but I mailed them back. So and you you're right. That was an act of shorts? kindness. Is that? No, I didn't even get that. I just like, these are nice. These are high quality. Stuffed them in my suitcase and got out. Okay. So who are we talking to tonight? We already did that part. That's John Chanel. Okay. John, what's up, man? How you yes, doing? Yes, sir. I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. John, you want to tell us a little I'm bit about, to be about here. yourself? Sure, I've I can talk a lot about myself if you, if you like. Well, no, I guess we, we I want to go a little further into that. some context. Yeah. Give me some context. So, I'm John Cheneau. I work for Swan in the capacity of special operations, the fixer. And yes, I like to I like to think about it as taking care of people for Swan. You know, that's what I do. Yeah, and, and calm down. He doesn't mean sexually. He's talking about like making sure that they're they they feel appreciated. Sexually, job so gets done. Dan Dan mentioned the fixer. What what does that mean? You ever seen Pulp Fiction? Go ahead. Go ahead. Right, Pulp Fiction. They got the dead body, or you got a movie where they got you know some rich guy's got a he's got a problem. He needs to have it solved. It doesn't it doesn't have to have a category. It doesn't have to be disposing a body. It's just anything that's messy or problematic. You just need a specialist, a professional. He gets it done, doesn't ask questions. Doesn't matter if it's tough. You, you just call him. That's your guy. He's special and ops. Who's the, De- and who's the Delta fixer Force. in Pulp Fiction? I don't remember the actor's name. Don't put me on the spot. But it was oh, at no. the end of the movie. It's, uh, oh, oh, yeah. The professional. The, well, the professional is one. God, what is one. that actor's name? I'm, I'm looking it up right now. now. I'm looking yeah, it up. Please, God, look it up. One of you will look it up. I but just have to have this What name. was the series about it's that the Hollywood the wolf, yeah. exactly. But it's the not. Wolf? But you no, know, his name, it's, it's, his character's name is the wolf. Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel. Thank you. Okay, that 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 makes me feel better. All right, so John is the fixer. John is the Harvey Keitel of Swan. Uh, yeah, more or less. John, do you feel like the Harvey Keitel of Swan? Sometimes, and yeah, sometimes. Sometimes yeah. I feel, sometimes not. Yeah, dude. Sometimes, like, like sometimes I feel like the secretary or the driver. You know, that makes sense. Uh, but remember, I mean, at Pacific Bitcoin, right? We're all going out, getting hammered. Some yeah. of us drinking, have partying every night. It was a great time. And then I wake up at like 10 a.m. and I like stumble over to the conference and I see John. He's like, "Yeah, like 6 a.m. Man, I had to get up and go down to Orange County and get this thing right. and like go to this other like storage bin and bring this back." I'm like, "Dude, I can." I can barely look straight or see straight right now. I'm like so hungover and you were out later than I was. And he's just like, yeah, you just, just got to know how to rage, man. Yeah. <laughs> John, can you, that's the key. Can you, can you 
like at those in those times it's like all adrenaline and it's just so cool like having to me the energy just pulsates through me and and especially being around the entire swan team everyone's all professionals they're all like fucking killing it so yeah that's i thrive on that on that stuff you know i have to say i think you look very professional out there by the way what's that when i've seen you you know at spots you know you look professional art out there i just want to let you know thank you brother he looks like uh he looks like uh you know, he calls himself special operations, man. He looks like if, Jock, <laughs> if Jocko Willink was walking around like the, the thing, right? He's like staying aware. He's like got a situational awareness. He's monitoring for threats, you know, or looking for looking for stuff that needs to be fixed. So, so, yeah. John, how'd you come to do that gig? Um, well, I guess for me, I've always been, uh, well, as long as I've been in Bitcoin, I've been really passionate about getting people together. And just kind of facilitating human interactions and real life human interactions so that like we can get to know each other on a personal level and develop these relationships that are bonds, that are individual bonds of friendship um, that form a really powerful network. So that's why, why, why is that so important to you? Why is that so important? Yeah, I think because I've always because I've been helped a lot by quality relationships like I've been really blessed to have like very high quality friends in my life. And that's always like been those friends and mentors and and just people who who care about you are able to kind of bring you to the next level. Um, so that's, yeah, that's yeah. why I, I see it as, is just like a tremendous opportunity. Um, and, and Bitcoin has, has been that way for me. So that's just how I want to get back. Yeah. I want to, uh, I agree with that. I think that there are a lot of people who are very passionate about Bitcoin and they don't necessarily have the friends, their immediate family members who share that passion or even really can begin to understand it on a lot of levels. And so that really affects them, right? Like they are, they, they want to connect with people who understand the way that they see the world and they share that vision of the world. And when you're lacking that, maybe in your beginning of your journey or that the, you know, where you're at in life, uh, coming to conferences, meeting these people, making these friendships, these bonds and these relationships, like that really starts to, you start to bloom as an individual when you have that support and that network. I think that I've had that experience myself. I think that joining, uh, starting to go to conferences and then getting the job at Swan and, and so interacting with Bitcoiners all the time uh, and so, you know all over the world and building these friendships with people all over the world. Um, I've grown tremendously as a person as a result of that. So I definitely right. understand the power of what you're working to build. Right. Yeah. It's uh it's truly what and what I think is cool about it is it's really powerful for your own life to improve your own life and to bring your ultimate potential to the table. But it's also uh you know beneficial. So it's and it just brings you that much joy, but it also uh, puts humanity in in a very powerful position and as we kind of further the network it gives us as humans this ability to like really conquer take her, take care of like our giant demons as a fucking race so that's yes. what i'm excited about too and uh quick question that seems unrelated but can you code can you computer program no i okay. can't okay see. i know some very i know very basic like like i have done but you I, wouldn't i've worked in terminal and sure built up a but, you, but i haven't done any yeah well the reason i ask is because people 
I kind of worked this, the, the, the Bitcoiner jobs booth at two conferences, right? And people come up to me at those conferences, hundreds of people, maybe thousands at this point. And they, they want to, they want a job in Bitcoin. They want to work in Bitcoin and they right. don't, but they don't know how to code and all the jobs they see are for engineering and app development. Right. And so they think, right. oh, I guess there's, I guess Bitcoin's this internet money, it's technology. There's no place for me to work on, to work on that and right. to help build that network. But that's not true because look at what you do. And I would say what you do, uh, what you facilitate is just as important, if not more important for the network than any, you know, any engineer who's, you know, contributing to some app or some website or some exchange. So like, that's kind of a, a way to look at it. If you're looking to get into Bitcoin, it's like, think about the path that John took and how did you, what, what is your LinkedIn profile look like? For example, when you first started talking to Corey and talking to Swan, like how did you sell your skill to, to a company like Swan? Yeah, that's a good question. I think for me, it was, it was more just doing things and, and then having that lead to, so for, for instance, the whole reason I even know Corey in, to begin with was because I had started this podcast of mine, the Bitcoin path. And that was stemming from a, just a point of curiosity of on my part to learn as much as I could about this thing, because I could see, um, I could see the road ahead and how Bitcoin was going, like the role that Bitcoin was going to play. So I, it was like, well, I need to learn as much as I can about this as fast as possible. So the best way to do that is just like talk to the greatest experts about it. And, and then like um, I talked to Corey, I reached out to him originally because he was, uh, he struck, he struck me as a master networker. And that was uh, something that it's, like building friendships is something that's always come very naturally to me. Um, but then like he was like hyper-organized and bringing people together and in creating value in all these crazy different ways. And so um, that's one of the rabbit holes I wanted to dig into with him. And so we had this really in-depth conversation about his history and how he's used his networking skills to get where get to where he's at. Um, and I was in, I was in Miami at the time and I was starting this Miami Bitcoiners meetup. Um, and so that was, and like the only reason I started the Miami Bitcoiners meetup is because I moved there and none of the meetups were even meeting. Like none of the meetups that existed were meeting in person. They were all like not meeting because of COVID. So I was like, what the fuck? Like in Miami, this is supposed to be like the, the free city movement. Um, why aren't the Bitcoiners the ones actually meeting? So I had people come to my meetup that just came to the meetup because I, it was the only one meeting in person <laughs> in, in Miami at that time. So, wow, that was pretty can, cool. Can, can I go back to what you mentioned about your podcast, the, the Bitcoin path you said? Yeah. Yeah. It, the Bitcoin path. Is that that's like a is that a religious reference? It's somewhat religious. Can you talk it's, about that? It's spirit definitely like has re religious significance. Um to me the path is like uh it's your journey and um, a lot of like the early church used to refer to themselves as the way before Christians were even known as Christians, they were known as the way that was kind of what, what they were called. And so I, Wait, they were called, they were called, the Christians were called the way. Yeah. Yeah. They called the themselves the way. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
and Christians kind of came out as it was a diminutive kind of like maxis or something like that. <laughs> um, it was like other people making fun of them, like little Christ running around. Um, and, and they were just like, okay, we'll be Christians. We are little Christ's. Um, that's what we're attaining to be. Right. Um, so yeah, I, do, do you think I the maxis are, are the, are the Christians of t- today? basically <laughs> the little I christians mean, of today yeah i it, i i the puritans the, the puritans well there's different you know versions of them throughout history but different yeah. sects of course mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. And, it's, and some yeah. of them yeah and some it's of them the act like pharisees the truth yeah exactly that... like some of them are uh the, the satoshi's vision yeah yeah exactly anyway the yeah, the, yeah. the 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 uh the mormon church is bsv yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've got, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's always denominations, you know, and, and some of them are very, 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 right. got, some of and, them are very wrong. And Ethereum is the Christians that wear jeans and like, uh, like bl- a blonde, spiky hair, and they like play, <laughs> they play rock and roll in, uh, in church. No, Ethereum is the Mormons. Sorry. It's the Mormon. Okay. <laughs> no. Yes. BSV is Scientology. Maybe Jehovah's you know? Witness. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Ethereum is definitely Jehovah's Witness. Uh, I think maybe Ethereum is like fiat in a way. Yeah, but that it is fiat. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fiat. I mean fiat fiat's like fiat, fiat, the religion of fiat, I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. That, right. That's yeah. the devil. That's yeah, the devil. Of... Fiat's like negative energy, isn't it? Yeah, it's the if you've got two ends of a spectrum, you've got like every every action you take. Am, am I on the spectrum of being more like Christ or being more like Satan or the devil? Mm-hmm. Like, and I try, and I want to stay on the right side of that spectrum as much as possible. I can never go all the way to the right. I can never be Christ, but I can always strive to be more like Christ and strive to be right. less like that. You know, the devil, right? And fiat is entropy. It's the darkness of the universe. It's the other side of the spectrum. It's the yin to the yang. Fiat is the, is the devil. So when you make a decision, it's like, is this a fiat decision or is this a a hard money decision? Mm -hmm. You can look at it that way. You can kind of put it on that same pattern onto, onto Bitcoin. And it's got a lot of the same themes and, 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 and things like that, that kind of catch your attention. And you're just like, Oh, I'm noticing these patterns in my universe. And these patterns seem to lead towards a better life or a, you know, a better outcome. So I, I try to follow them and see those, you know, if you see the way, uh, I can't remember the quote, but it's like, if you see the way in all things, or you see, no, let me, let me quote it. Let me look it up. It's like almost if you follow the Christian path, the way that the Christians, you know, are true, it's truly written uh, the words of Jesus, right? feels like you're trying to attain a, a better life for sure yeah yeah the quote is if you if you know the way broadly you see it in all things so if you know the right thing broadly you can start to see it when you break down life and you break down epochs in your life and in in history right that's how i kind of think about it yeah yeah i i see that i see that big time and but for me i guess I I've gone through like times where I thought I've seen it. I thought I saw it really clearly, but in reality, I was way off. <laughs> so, so what really clearly? Clearly, and, sorry. What you see you really know, the pattern clearly? or the way? Sure, you know, sure. You yeah. have. So one of the realizations I had through that though was like this. Um, have you ever heard of? Uh, Jordan Peterson's definition of evil as a reflection on paradise lost. No, so, no. Can I, you summarize that? So po- he yeah. defined evil. He basically said paradise lost is a, the, the way to summarize paradise lost is um, evil is the force that believes its knowledge to be complete. So that's kind of been, that's been a really helpful guide in mm-hmm. my whole like journey mm-hmm. up until this point is kind of seeing, well, all right. So if I can define like what pure evil looks like, then I mm-hmm. at least can like avoid that. There you go. Mm-hmm. You can deduce, mm-hmm. you can deduce from, 
a starting point. Right. But it took a while. Basically, it's it's, it's basically you stop learning, right? If that's what's evil. Well, it's the, um, maybe John can explain this, but I would, it's the the way I interpret it. It's it's, you, you stop moving forward, I guess. You think that you've got all the information. So any, any, any other piece of information or perspective that could potentially change right. your change your you opinion have, you've you've tuned that out and you've decided that there is nothing more you have a complete right. yeah completeness and you're rejecting everything else right if it's not peer-reviewed by at least 17 people from these specific institutions then it's right. not legitimate information and it doesn't matter if it might save your life or it might not mm-hmm. or it might be mm-hmm. bad for you right right yeah feigned completeness like you think you have uh you yeah, I, I would say I would definitely say that's a component of evil for sure. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. an evil Wal- force. Walden institution self-isolated from the system. So it's but it, I but I think that feels like force, you, you need diversity. Like you just basically need diversity of ideas. Yes, of perspective. Basically, saying it's it's saying the force that mm. believes its knowledge to be sure. Complete. Okay, so uh, there's this there, there's a specific force. It's at work in the universe that believes its knowledge to be complete. So you recognize that <laughs> and um, act accordingly, I guess. And and so hmm. it, it's so once you can identify that, then I think I think that's a very helpful thing, uh, especially as you make value value judgments. <laughs> Right. And you want to make decisions that are like going to benefit you on the long term, like might as well choose the thing that is open to all alternatives, at least. Yeah. I, the way uh, I kind of, inter- yeah, the way I kind of interpret that in, I, I guess the way I would uh, translate it to the, the kind of language we probably talk about on high hash right a lot is uh, it's almost like, that evil force that thinks its knowledge is complete is ultimately manifests itself in worship of the self. Like you are God, you, you are the man is the ultimate, um, force. It's the, it's the pinnacle of, of life in the universe. And so there, there could never be anything above your own understanding. Right. I think, I think it manifests itself also in that, for sure. The force mm-hmm. of debt, economically speaking, is like a suction device, right? Mm-hmm. So it is, it's like a... It is the belief that you can just will and manifest value at the at the, you know, the stroke of a pen or at the command, you know, at work, right? It's like, I can just print more money because mm-hmm. I am creating value. The, the mm-hmm. source of value comes from my decree. Mm-hmm. What, you know, that that's the most, you know, arrogant uh position i think you could take right so fiat just becomes all this negative energy all this entropy you're just spewing out because you foolishly believe that you're creating value when you haven't done any work you haven't done any you haven't done anything to for that to be deserved right and at the same time you there are people who are doing things of value that are producing and and they're but they're not receiving their just like reward right they're being Um, stolen from they're being stolen from absolutely yeah they yeah they yeah it's that's you can see like the true work of evil that way right and the evil take credit they take credit for the success and the wealth and the value they've created and they live in these giant homes and it's like this is a stat or a tribute or a stat whatever a a statement so who, you know, the, the power and value that I have, but really all that value came from the plebs, man, like the, the people working in the oil fields and the, the manufacturers, the people who like John just gets stuff, just get shit done. He, he fixes stuff. That's right, man. That's right. Get it done. Get it yeah. done out here. They're stealing our energy, Mike. They're stealing our energy and they're stealing our time. And they're giving us pensions and telling us we can, you know, have the last 25 years of our life on some social security, but they're still stealing from that. 
John. Yeah. Why? Why did you get into Bitcoin? Or when? When? Like when was the? When did you first? I mean, you probably heard of it, right? But when were you like, oh shit, I got to learn more about this? Like you said that you had to do. Mm. Actually, I was more interested in the why, but I don't know if we talked about this off camera. Well, we'll start. Yeah, we'll start with the when and go to the why. Yeah, yeah. So around 2006, I was, uh, I was, you know, studying around, and I found out about this thing called Bitcoin. Um, that was early. That was way early. And yeah, you know. Um, super early, super early found out about it, but you know, it didn't do anything like serious. So I think it was around 2012 when I first found out about it, I was in, I was learning, I think I was talking to my brother-in-law at the time and he was mentioning it. I I started looking it up and I was like, wow, this can actually this can actually work, but it was just this very, very fringe online community and I didn't think anything of it. Um same. Just like many of us <laughs> do the first time, right? So but then around uh 2017 it had it was there were all of these other like liberty oriented podcasts that were uh, talking about it and having experts like Trace Mayer on their podcast to talk Trace about Mayer. how significant it could be. And he was, Trace Mayer was like very well, are very able to articulate the significance of like the effect of fiat on society and his, and then like how gold, why gold, was a potential solution, but why what wouldn't work? And then why Bitcoin is actually like way better. And he kind of brought that like asymmetric knowledge mm-hmm. and and disseminated that. So I thought that was like great. I, I'm still a Trace Mare fan. <laughs> For sure. But There's like, not a lot of people still are. What's that? I said a lot of people still are. Yeah. It's yeah. It is funny. Like I got did he, did he the- issue a shit coin or something? Uh, he yeah. he kind of yeah, he, prom- <laughs> he promoted Mimble Wimble Coin uh, oh, okay. at a conference. It, some people think it was like a, an intentional act to get everybody to mad at them the and space? then could leave yeah. the leave the line like escape. Yeah, yeah. It, I didn't. Yeah, you never know. I, that would I be the a, coin to go to do it on, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I uh, I got into Bitcoin a lot largely because of Preston Pish, and he was Preston Pish was a big uh, trace mayor. I disciple you could almost call it right because mm. like preston was like a value investor and and, and trace right. mayer is the one who um definitely pulled him in and caught his attention with stuff like the mayor multiple i think trace used a lot of uh traditional uh financial terms uh or you know use models and things like that uh which i think just caught preston's eye as like a technical investor mm-hmm. and so yeah i'd say preston's probably a disciple that if, to go back to the religious language yeah yeah to me yeah it seems it just makes sense for people who are on a pursuit of truth you know right and some people are pursuing truth a lot faster than others some people are pursuing it but it's but not like very actively and some people aren't looking for it at all (laughs) you know it's like well yeah some people think i don't know what to tell you some people think they found it already exactly some people think they they've got it and it's all it's all settled it seems like those are the ones you gotta watch the pursuit for truth is sort of like that rejection of evil you were talking about earlier it's rejection of that force yeah you're fighting that force to find truth entropy entropy is always going to increase unless you eject more energy into to reverse it you got to always fight that. Some people do a good job for a, a little bit of their life. And then a lot of people get to middle age and they just kind of give up, you know, yeah. they're like, this is good enough. Uh, I'll you know, like the people that were the settling in the United States, man, some of them made it all the way to the, on the Oregon trail, all the way to the West coast. 
And some people stopped in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, crazy shit. And they're like, this is good <laughs> enough. People. And I don't know. And I live in Nebraska. They should not have stopped there. They must have been in there here in the spring. They didn't cross in the winter and stop. I'll tell you that. Well, there's still a chance, Dan. You, you, you can bring <laughs> your... I'm still, I'm still, I started in Michigan. You can bring I'm your still, genetics to the West Coast. I'm making my way west. Slowly so, but surely. So, John, you're, you're talking to a lot of Bitcoiners, I'm assuming, right? Or like potential Bitcoiners. You're talking to a lot of people. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So I was curious about like what topics you find yourself talk, talking about the most with these people, because, you you know, the, as I do more and more of these conversations, I, we always try to get sort of cosmic or something. But, you know, yeah. do you have like a, uh, what kind of conversations are you having? Oh, man, you want to light that rocket ship? Yeah. <laughs> I do want to light that rocket ship. Um. I mean, been, if you're willing to divulge. Yeah, no, there's, I talk about all kinds of stuff with Bitcoiners. So, you know, That's there's the a lot. Thing. What's that? That's the best part, right? Like yeah, not exactly. everybody is in for the same thing. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things that I've been talking to some close friends of mine with about recently is the connection between Bitcoin and surfing. All right. Go for this. Please talk about this. Yeah. Like surfing is one of those things for me that <clears throat> is kind of an obsession or mm-hmm. or like addiction type thing. A rabbit hole. How yeah, often do you surf? Hole. Like Just surfing and Bitcoin there. are on similar planes to me. Okay. Oh, wow. I've, defi- I've definitely heard this from other people. So this is not just you for sure. Yeah. How, how often do you surf, by the way? Um, It depends, but a few times a week at least. Oh, wow. Wow. Depending I mean, that's on, more, like, more than I've ever surfed. Yeah. Depending on what, uh, what the conditions are like mm-hmm. and what, what I've got going on with work. Um, so what's the, what's that relationship like between surfing and Bitcoin? Like what, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's, it's something that we've tried to encapsulate in these like really long conversations. And, um, one of the things that I'm finding is, well, in, in one way, one similarity that I see is this interaction that we want to have that we have with nature uh, and what it means to be human and in the world uh, with for people who are understanding the Bitcoin on a deep level, you can start to see that like proof of work and energy expenditure and uh a re- there's a real physical component to Bitcoin that needs to exist and it needs to obey the laws of physics in order for it to be a money that actually works, right? When, um, <clears throat> when you are out in nature, whether you're surfing out in the ocean or whether you're hiking, um, whatever you're doing, climbing, you're directly interfacing with the laws of nature and with physics and you're kind of submitting yourself to that environment and seeing and seeing how you respond as an individual uh as as a part of this creation um and where you might fall short and where your vulnerabilities are so i see a lot like a lot of the things that go on in your mind and in your soul as you start to interact with Bitcoin and start to see like what the possibilities are and how it can improve your life, but also what the responsibilities are on yourself for um, maintaining the discipline of like stacking, but also self-custodying in the proper way and, and just being an overall like good steward of of this Bitcoin. So like in the same way, there's a big physical aspect to that too, as you were saying, right. right. That, all that storage and all that. And, and, and I would, and time you're putting into it. 
I would elucidate on that as somebody who has literally only surfed a handful of times and just been absolutely battered and beaten by the process. Right. With, right. with what he's talking about, the way I see it is like you go out into those waves and no matter how strong or good of a surfer you think you are, no, how athletic you think you are, you, you get tired when you're paddling and you get tired getting slammed by the waves. And then when you are trying to recover, man, the energy's coming and it doesn't matter how good athletic you thought you were that, <laughs> that energy in that water is heavier mm -hmm. than you and you could drown mm -hmm. out there. And mm -hmm. so you go back to the shore and you start doing sit-ups and push-ups every day and you start running every day. Cause you know, you got to get your ass in shape because to survive out there, and ah, I get exhausted right away. Energy. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So that's, you know, and then you still, yeah. you slowly get better, but you don't get better without putting in very noticeable where your life has to change. You have to change your habits. You have to change your behaviors. You have to modify and optimize your life for learning that pattern of those waves and going with the energy and learning how to ride the waves. Right. And Bitcoin's the same way. You're not going to stack if you don't work if you don't mind, if you don't go stack fiat, mine fiat, turn it into Bitcoin. If you don't put in the time to, to suffer through, you know, not that it's a bad experience, to listen to podcasts and read books, but it's, you know, it's, you could be doing something else, but you're, you're drawn into learning, mm -hmm. into studying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Into figuring stuff out. And that's mm -hmm. your, that's your journey. You're, you're learning to, to surf Bitcoin, man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You, you know, that's the name of the, of, of the episode, yeah. Yeah. learning to surf learning Bitcoin. To surf Bitcoin. And, and something I do a lot more often is Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is, yeah. it's the surfing of the Midwest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Dude, oh, that's, they, that's awesome. like the, that's the trifecta right there. Right. It's like Bitcoin, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. <laughs> like, that's yeah, the dude. holy grail. Instead of getting plastered by a big wave, man, you got some big, hairy oil field worker <laughs> who weighs 275 pounds and he is sitting Sticking on top your of you. In your, in our, squeezing, Yo, is, squeezing your neck until you fall asleep. Oh my God. You've got to work how to get out like of that. It, buddy. Look, all three of those nothing things like require, require so much energy conversion, right? Yeah. That's interesting Absolutely. to think about. Yeah the the act of surfing is just sort of you have to you're dealing with all of that energy coming towards you and you, you have just, to sort yeah. of you know surf it the right. the energy that you get from the jujitsu is sort of man on man so that's a totally different mm -hmm. style of energy and the no but it's of but both of them both of them both of them when you're an expert they make it look so easy it's like it looks like you could use just yeah. putting no effort into it but it's only until you step out there for the first time that you realize how much work has to go in for to work so smoothly and for them to be so good. Yeah, a man. lot of practice. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of I better. mean, in 2022, Bitcoin uh, processed $15 trillion in value transfer. $15 trillion. And it made it look easy. In what, TikTok, when was, what year? In 2022, this last year that we just wow. left. And it made it look wow. easy. TikTok next block, no interruptions, no downtime, but how much work has gone into this network to move $15 trillion without a single snafu? Do you, do you think what we're, the three of us are doing right now is considered work for that as well? <laughs> we're working. Absolutely, man. In our own minds, man. We should be millionaires for this. <laughs> hey, we're, th there's something matters. about this though, is like trying to, get your message out is like such a interesting thing to th for me to think about like and, le and learning what your message is by externalizing it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a big one for sure for sure encoding like, it. and it's almost you can't unless you put yourself out you can't really understand what your message is i think mm. you i think you have to put yourself out right it has to because, start like moving. because it's you interacting with the public that's what it is you know what i mean it's like the individual acting with it's not society. about it's not about the public, man. It's just about you coming up with the words to say. All the ideas that are floating around in your head, man. It's like all of us. It's just like huge, mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. and we and we funnel that down and we encode it into some English language sentences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like th that is that is that is an internal to... process. 
Yeah. Other people have to want to absorb it, right? Right. It can be like, think about what is prayer, right? You're just, you're just repeating out loud. You're saying out loud what the most important things are to you and your family and your health. Mm -hmm. And you're reminding yourself that every single day when you say it out loud and you don't necessarily have a human audience that you're looking at or you're uh, speaking to directly, but you're Mm doing, but you do, you're talking to God. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's the, that's the ritual you're talking to God and you're telling him everything that's important in your life. And that's what we're Mm kind of doing here. Yeah. Having these conversations. Yeah. And prayer mm-hmm. was meant to be done in a lot of ways public publicly. Uh tr- traditionally and right. what, talk about that. Yes. Biblically, like public prayer was extremely important. Um like in group prayer. At, sure, yeah. Like the book of Daniel. Daniel was like punished ultimately punished because he was praying to jerusalem in um in babylon Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and nebuchadnezzar would only accept prayer to to his graven image his like idol right in the center of the city and so he like opened up the windows and devoted his prayer like publicly in front of everyone to see to jerusalem instead of uh, Nebuchadnezzar's image and so yeah I think that's very true um, I think prayer prayer is something that like a lot of people misunderstand you know or mm-hmm. that that I misunderstood as well sure but, like, same yeah it's uh I mean what what's the first thing a lot of us across the world really just did you know the last week or two at Christmas right when we were all together with our family a lot of people held hands, whether they're Christian, Jewish, Muslim, whatever. Well, not that they all celebrated Christmas, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, they held hands and they prayed. They, what it, Usually it's like led by the patriarch and they'll thank God for everybody's health and for everybody being able to be there together. And, uh, you know, it's like a, right. it's an important thing. How, how does prayer convert from this mass uh, action to the action of the individual? Was that always that that was a conversion, wasn't it? It was well. Did that happen through religion, or through different section sectors of something? It depends on how you yeah. define religion, right? Like it's it's like these community rituals, these individual rituals that you do, uh, and then some of them are religious, or you know, but the you know, chicken or the egg, did they come from? Mm-hmm that you know mythology or did they well, come from okay. that scripture I'm, I'm or thinking, did it, well, i'm thinking historically yeah you, you pray you pray as a group and then more and more as time goes on it's more of the individual praying as a connection oh, yeah. to you know what I'm, does that make sense it's like well, the, the concept yeah. the concept of the individual is almost very recent right mm-hmm. like people associated themselves with their families and their and their their churches or their tribe community their tribe um like they're just what do you think did that bro it's uh here's it's uh look at the bible the old testament and the new testament the i mean other than you got like the the beginning of the world in the first you know few few chapters but then it's basically a story about trying israel trying to be the perfect nation the perfect group the perfect collective the perfect community and they always fail and then they get punished and they get raided by the bat, you know, the Philistines, et cetera. And then the new Testament, it's about the story of Christ and his personal sacrifice. And then it's a more personal, like love your neighbor. And so you've got like the, that collective old Testament in that individual journey, new Testament, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like the duality of life. Like you have your individuality, you have yourself, you have your, you know, who you are as a person but you can't exist without others. So you have, there has to be this collective, this part of your part of you that focuses on being a good member of a family, a good member of a community, providing for people, raising people, but they're, you know, that's your outer self, but you still have your individuality. And how do you maintain that balance between the individual and the, the role you have to play 
in your society or in your community or in your family. So I think it's always, you know, I think it's always existed. You've got the group, you've got the individual. And I think that prayer, that prayer ritual probably is as old as, you know, I, I see, I tend to think it's always because of our, the adaptation of our technology. So the faster our technology and ability to communicate with each other goes, the, the more, it, the more I can learn, the more I can develop a personal identity, identity perhaps. Sure. You know, I'd say, I would say that maybe Bitcoin is teaching libertarians how to be a community, a community in their mm. own way. By Let's a go very, the opposite direction. By a very transparent and very um, publicly agreed upon, no corruption set of rules. And so it's, it's a little crude and people are, they don't always get along, but uh, mm -hmm. they definitely are coming together as a community. I would say from my experience on social media interacting. Yeah. Yeah. It makes up all like all aspects of a community to me and in to like, and I can only speak for my personal life, but it really is a community and hundred percent. And it's, but it's to me, I've been blessed to have to develop like a very tight knit brotherhood from bitcoin that's very like like it's it is what it is. it doesn't need to grow it doesn't like yeah we're we're a solid neck group of right individuals and then um other people are able to do the same as right. uh, that's amazing like and it can be as big as you want it to be or like or i don't know I mean, have yeah. you have you been able to connect people in this way like a Bitcoiner to another Bitcoiner or a person who's not a Bitcoiner to another. Do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. I do it all the time. That's, nice. that's like one of the best things about my job, I guess, is being able to be like, Hey, we have this big, this cool ass Bitcoin event going on. You should come like, come and meet some of my friends, hmm. meet some, some of, see what all of this is about, you know? Yeah. Um, and the cool thing about Bitcoin is you can do all this stuff, but because you can self-custody, because you can express your privacy concerns through multiple self-custody solutions and mixers and privacy maintainers, uh, you don't have to sacrifice your individuality, but you can still join the community and really build great bonds and really um, grow the social side of yourself. Right. So do you think that this is sort of going back to what you were talking about earlier, John, like uh, uh, having a physical experience of surfing and and Bitcoin, right? Like the sort of physical part of it, right? There has to be a physical part of it. I'm mm -hmm. thinking like, the, are those into Bitcoin makes me think like in the future, do you think that they will be having more physical experiences and then people who are into other <laughs> Crypt, cryptos will be having more of a digital experience of their of their lives that's a good question yeah i could see i could totally see that happening especially with all of this interest in the metaverse yep exactly and and uh streaming sort of the re right rejection now of reality in a way yeah Sorry. what's that i was just saying it's sort of the, a rejection of reality yeah it, yeah, it's a it's a fantasy. It's a need to escape into mm -hmm. into the fantasy world, where like everything. But what's what's interesting is I think for a lot of people in the in those situations, like those games, those things just make sense to them. That's why they're drawn yeah. into that world. When they look around at the the natural world that's being portrayed to them by by like mass media or the internet or sources that they're around like none of, none of it makes any sense so they don't and they can't see how they can fit in it um and so of course they're gonna go into like retreat to fantasy magic land where yeah um it, but they're substituting that work right like the getting on the plane yeah. getting a hotel room 
going to a city you don't live in, renting a car, and then all coming together physically and sharing that experience together. But it's no matter how beautiful the metaverse version of that is, right? Like it's the the journey, the way, the path. Mm-hmm. They didn't take it. <laughs> right. Right. Nice circle. Nice circle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I I think that I think that's kind of what our mission is in a lot of ways is to try to just like inspire as many people as possible to take that journey, to take that path. And like, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be very like cumbersome. It You're not going to do it perfectly, but it, right. it's going to be fucking messy, you know? Right. And it's like, if you're introverted, you're going to get into that conference room for the first time and you're going to feel like you're in the ocean just getting pommeled by waves and you're going to have no right. energy left and you're going to come mm-hmm. out of that conference room and you're going to go up to your step upstairs and you're like all right i gotta work on my social skills i gotta work on talking to people man mm-hmm. you, boom you go into training mode and you just become mm-hmm. a different person through that process mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you don't just become yeah you don't just become a social person the too, process to become the oh, social person nice. is what makes you the social great person. great way to tie it into surfing these sort of oh, yeah. two different styles of energy, but right. sort of the same feedback. But it's yeah. just as much work, man. Maybe not all physical work, but it's mental. You're overcoming fears. Yeah, big time. I was so one interesting thing. Well, one one thing this this I guess what this reminds me of is like I was I was married for like four years, and then I was divorced. And once when I was divorced, all of a sudden I was like trying to socialize and it was way different <laughs> from anything I had ever experienced. And I was like, fr- kind of freaked out. Um, oh, and took, what's that? How do I date? What do I say? Exactly. Do do? Yeah. It's a, it's a trip, man. And it's especially after like with technology changing over the, over that amount of time, like people were just diff- way different. Um, let alone, I was like at a Christian college before I even got married. So I never dated to begin with. Mm. Um, was it one of those really strict colleges? I mean, it was, it was yeah. So yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I know yeah, what you're talking so, about. Yeah. What is a strict college? What do you mean? Well, I wasn't allowed to watch any movies in my dorm rooms. <gasps> okay. And you couldn't have girls in those dorm rooms either, could you? No. Well, once it's like military. Once every semester, we would have like a little like they call them what is it? Open floor or bro sis night. We had, we okay. would have a brother floor and a and a sister floor. Mm-hmm. And once in a semester, they would like host each other at on their floors. They'd With plenty like, of supervision, right? Coming over. No, no movies and no TV, by the way. Right right in your, in your so we room. had internet um but it was like pretty strictly monitored and like and did you go off campus strange. with the lady and to have take her to a nice applebee's date alone um i didn't really date during college okay. much were, were you allowed to do that like if you had a yeah yeah okay okay could... some places don't like... even let you do that well there was there was kind of a curfew okay so and you know it was in downtown chicago and it was it was actually kind of it was a cool experience it was kind of like hogwarts in a lot of ways where like all these people are like there for their this specific purpose and yeah and it's this big red uh you know development in the middle of chicago it's really nice fascinating place but it was a good experience yeah maybe not traditional experience but it was a good experience yeah yeah but it was it was strict yeah um and but uh, yeah but what 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 let us down that <laughs> i was waiting actually, for one of these moments <laughs> i actually forgot too yeah hell yeah i forgot <laughs> well oh, we, were t- we were talking about if you're not social right like having like oh a, yeah. yeah yeah i was i was talking about how unsocial well i was <laughs> I was talking about how much of a loser I was. Yeah, and, and I was just saying like that was a similar challenge. So did it? Where I was like, well, you, I need to get get to this other level. When when did you? How how did you start changing that uh, tide of 
feeling like what do i do here to where you are now mushrooms <laughs> mushrooms <laughs> fucking lots of mushrooms <laughs> right <clears throat> nah fortunately i didn't do i didn't do any psychedelic drugs until later later on but um to me it was it was just like recognizing that that i didn't i wasn't where i wanted to be you know i was mm -hmm. in this discomfort. like what's that discomfort you were just not comfortable with your yeah. present situation yeah i was like well this isn't how i i know i could be in a much better place than this in just a number of a couple of years um were you surfing through it, all that time as well uh, periodically at the time i was living in chicago i lived in chicago for like 14 years and still still spent a lot of time there um is there but, surfing in chicago so i travel <laughs> there is surfing in chicago but it's not <laughs> it's like skiing it's in nebraska okay, okay okay yeah one day i'll i'll surf there but i never made the effort but i would travel to costa rica or mm -hmm. travel back home to california to visit family um, and I would serve periodically like during that time, but over the past couple of years, I've really like dug back into it. Just being back here in California. And as you surfed, has that sort of changed your relationship with who you were before in a, in a, um, I would imagine in, in some sort of way. Hmm. As you got back into Wait. it, I mean. What do you mean by my relationship with who I was? Like you said, you were feeling, you were feeling like <laughs> your where... relation, your relationship with who you are now. How has it changed from who you were? Uh, and through surfing, like mm. there, how, is, uh, how is that? Pro how has that process affected who you are today? Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I told you, man. Uh. Well, I think just being in being in a frame of mind where you're not able to be interfered by anyone else or anything else, and you're just fully immersed in in the present moment and what's going on in front of you, um, it's a very meditative uh, practice and a very like almost religious and spiritual practice that tends to, it just confronts you with the truth more and more often. And I think it's a really help, helpfully, healthy and helpful thing thing to do. Um, and it's, it's helped me to just clarify like what's, um, I don't know, it's, uh, uh, like that the time that I spend with family is, is just like it's the same way that's that's how i'm able going to um you know enjoy their presence and make an impact and sure uh living in the now yeah live, live in the now yeah so that that's a that's one way um and i would I, say like surfing see if you agree with me is you're ultimately faced with come you're, you come face to face with yourself because you can't lie to yourself out there. Like if you're not in shape, if you didn't put in the work, like you can't, there's nobody out there to talk to. There's nobody out there to bullshit. It's you. And if you don't, if you don't, you can't swim man. Yeah. you're going to drown. And mm -hmm. there's just, mm -hmm. yeah. So like you learn who you are and you learn yeah. how much progress you really made and you can't, there's nobody out there to, to help you. You're just, you're stuck yeah. with you. Yeah, I didn't like realize the significance Blake. of surfing. Sorry. Until this conversation. <laughs> Yeah, my buddy Blake likes to say like when when you fuck up, it's you're there's no one else to point fingers at. Right. Um you're on this wave alone and and anything that happens is just you and you and nature and yeah, there's mm -hmm. shit that goes wrong like unexpectedly, but that's what's kind of cool about it is like man, this could be like the perfect uh lineup or yeah. or it could be a complete mess and you get fucked <laughs> like it's there's a little bit of a mystery to every single 
time you go out there. And your uh, reaction, you learn from your reaction to those fuck ups. You learn like, all right, can I handle this? Like stumble? Can I handle this? Like uh, if everything doesn't go perfectly, can I adjust? Can I get back up and go do it? Right. It's not always going to go perfectly. Right. True. And as you raise the stakes, the mistakes that you make become more and more treacherous. Um, and so that's kind of like an iterative process that you, that I think is very, it's good good and good to go through as as a surfer to continually kind of like right increase your comfortability levels and and see how far you can actually go yeah like mountain climbing surfing jujitsu uh those are high stakes problem solving activities you if you fuck up you you could very well die so you got to be able to solve problems efficiently and and you got to be able to do it uh, effectively. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a huge thing, like problem solving. What were you going to say, Mike? No, I was going to ask about the surfing again, and I'm trying to remember. I had such a good question for you. And then, of course, I get hit with the fog. Have you ever seen a shark? (laughs) (laughs) While you're thinking of that, What Sorry. is the shark? No, the shark? That would be my question. Man, I have this what question for you. Have you ever seen a shark? Have you ever saw it? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of this really deep shit, man. Have you ever seen a shark? Oh, that was the, that's Dan being a, a good on-the-spot joker. Yeah. No, I have actually. But it was it was pretty small, so. It wasn't that big. Uh, well, you, well, you, you I, I, have all your limbs, so you're good. It didn't have much to do with this. I, I mean, I was sort of trying to think about your surfing schedule and like how that's affected you over time, your body, like like as Dan mm-hmm. was, was talking yeah. about. But I think we covered um, surfing pretty well. Yeah, I we probably did. Yeah. So it just made me think of like working um, and and how that relates to prayer in a lot of ways it's like you the way you were describing surfing it's sort of like a prayer for you it's like or your act of praying well as the so buddha says a... as the buddha says before enlightenment carry water do chop Work. wood yeah mm-hmm. after enlightenment carry water, carry water chop, wood. chop wood yeah absolutely if and i could if i could recommend there's a an amazing film on youtube that's available right now uh for free called the yin and yang of jerry lopez and there's a a, there's a point of that film where he describes uh almost he spends a long period of his life surfing this one break in um in indonesia that's uh and living there almost completely alone um and surfing it pretty much every day all day and living this almost a monastic existence he's a surfer um, monk yeah yeah pretty much a surfer monk but he was but he was also like the most the best surfer in the world he was the most popular he was the goat <laughs> of surfing of his era and um he describes like almost becoming one with this with this place uh and i thought that was it was just a fascinating observation that like someone could go someone could achieve that that level of uh existence you know right it's really cool oh yeah i'm gonna check that out i just Googled yeah it. me too really that, that, that does sound pretty awesome I, su- I suppose you consume a lot of surfing content as well <laughs> have you seen 180 We're- degrees south yeah uh have I? that's another patagonia one they go down to like yeah. south america with jan chevenard and the guy from north face and they they reclimb this mountain that they went they did in the 60s or 70s in uh patagonia like I think oh it's in Chile. yeah it's a good one yeah they, i have seen big, that yeah a surfer guy goes with them and they go out to like easter Island. they get struck stranded in easter island because they were sailing and their sail broke 
It's a cool story. Oh, oh yeah. Check it out. If you haven't seen those, well, John, uh, it's a great conversation tonight, man. Uh, what, uh, is there anything that you want to tell the listeners like where they can get in touch with you? If, uh, so you can take them to a badass party and introduce them to people like you do, like you do every day. Oh man. Find me on Twitter. It's just my name at, at John Cheneau. And, um, always down to connect with other Bitcoiners and especially Bitcoiner surfers around the world, anywhere, anyone who wants to go out and, um, you know, catch some waves together, always down. And that's, uh, that's about it. That's all I got. So this was, this was a really good conversation. I really enjoyed it. Um, oh yeah, man. Obviously love both of you guys and mutual yeah you know it is cool that we could all communicate on slack together by the way i just want to say it is cool yeah, yeah. all right you guys i'm gonna cut it here i go One, two. thanks again for listening to the high hash rate podcast you can find us on twitter at high hash rate or you can hit up dan at heartland bitcoin h-r-t-l-n-d bitcoin or myself mike at Run Dance Bitcoin. That's all one word, Run Dance Bitcoin. If you're a fellow pleb or you just want to shoot the shit with two high Bitcoiners, reach out to us. Holy Toledo!